Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Praise the Lord. I remember uh, when I was here last year uh, being silly. And uh, it's funny because I sort of alluded to the service when I was here all over the country and even uh, on a lot of my internet things and because I remember so many things that I had said. But I started off saying, uh, remember it was Groundhog Day. And I think I greeted you three different times and you finally got, oh, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> so judging by that, it's been, it's been a year. And so uh, what a different year it was, but thank God we're here today and just love the Lord and his goodness and faithfulness is new every morning, amen. shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not and as thou hast been thou forever shall be Great is thy faithfulness, sing to him. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me sing it again great is thy faithfulness sing to him great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I Thy hands have provided. Sing that again. All I have needed, thy hands they have provided. Oh, one more time. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Guitar. Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
<clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. He's so good to us. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I raised my hands to the Lord. And I said, Lord, give me a job to do, and I'll always tell people about you. And he, he miraculously just saved me, saved my soul. I was raised in church, and, and uh, from the time I was a little kid, I sang in church. Mom and Dad would put a, two chairs up. My brother here, and I was here, and Mom was here, and Dad was here with his gold top Les Paul guitar. And uh, we'd sing, you know, you know there's a... I woke up this morning feeling fine I woke up with heaven on my mind I woke up with joy in my soul That's the way Dad would play, and he'd play like Les Paul. I never knew that later on I'd meet Les Paul, and I met him and played with him in uh, the Iridium Club in New York City. And I said, Les, I wanted you to know something. I said, uh, uh, Dad was a real Les Paul fan, and we cared, we took you to church every Sunday. <laughs> he said, well, I needed to be in church, son. And uh, it's amazing where the guitar takes you. Someone asked me last time I was here, I believe, he said, uh, Brother Doyle, are your fingers insured? I said, no, but they're on Medicare now. So, <laughs> But the reason I, uh, I'm saying this is uh, I got saved at an early age, but, uh, but a, few, a few years later, 45 years ago, God called me into ministry to really use my gift for him. And uh, this was 45 years ago this year. I just was thinking about it a few days ago. And he's always taken care of us. There are times I'm on the road a lot. There are times when I'll be on the road and I'm thinking, I broke down there one time. I remember breaking down on a bridge one time and I was coming across and I, I thought I had my family, my wife, my two little babies. And uh, my, my van just quit and there were trucks flying around us and, and uh, it cranked just enough to get us about 15, 20 feet and finally get on the other side and had to be hauled in for 90 miles. I didn't have the money, it was a $150, $200 towing fee. I had no money, but the Lord provided. Think about all those things. There's some of the hard times too that God has gotten us through. I've never been to heaven. This is one of the first songs I wrote in 1976. I've never seen an angel. I've never seen the gates of pearl or walked down those golden streets. I've never seen those mansions God made for us in heaven. I've never seen the face of the man who died for you and me. But God gave the promise of eternal life in heaven. He gave us hope that He is the better way. He gave us victory over death when He died at Calvary. 
And there's joy in knowing that he lives in my life today. Someday I'll live in heaven I'll see 10,000 angels Someday I'll see the gates of pearl And I'll stroll down those golden streets Someday I'll live in that mansion God made for me in heaven Someday I'll see the face of the man who died for you and me Cause God gave the promise of eternal life in heaven He gave that he is the only way he gave us victory over death when he died at Calvary and there's so much joy in knowing that he lives in my life today there's joy in knowing that he lives in my life today just a simple little song but God spoke to me. It was in a revival meeting out in Nashville. I was a guitar playing, uh, guitar player for Grandpa Jones, and uh, was playing on the Grand Ole Opry. But I went to this revival, and God just stirred my heart to use my talent and my gift for Him. And He's been so faithful all of these years. He's been faithful to all of us. Praise the Lord. As I was playing a while ago, I went. Uh, I gave it another round. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got up here. I just. But I'm, uh, I'm so thankful. Yesterday, I, I had some crackers. I grabbed them at the house. I thought, oh, I might get a little bit hungry, you know, before I stop and had these crackers. And I said, Lord, this is your body that was broken for us. I didn't have anything else but water. I was thankful back here because I said, okay, well, here's a proper communion here today. <laughs> but as I sat there, I was driving, I said, thank you. And I just uh, thanked him once again for the sacrifice that he made for us. And I ate the cracker. And then all I had was a bottle of water. And I said, thank you for your blood. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. And I thanked him for healing because this hand has been driving me crazy. I got up this morning, it hurt so bad. 
I said, Lord, I don't know. Oh, God, help me to be able to play. I'll just use these fingers. But this one here, oh, my Lord. And so I thought, well, I just won't be able to do that stuff there. Well, I've been doing it all morning. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so y'all didn't even know all that, but up here inside I'm going, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. He's so good to us, isn't he? I remember last year when I was here, uh, I remember heralding this statement, and this is one of the things that I've said all over the country. I said, I was in this church in, in uh, McKinney, Texas, One Cause Church, and I got up and, and I said, I'm believing God for a 2020 vision in 2020. Do you remember me saying that? Does anybody remember that? And only a few days later, no one in the whole world knew where we were going or what we were doing, not even our world leaders. But I said that in this church the first time because God spoke to me on the way here for a 2020 vision in 2020. And, uh, and through the year, you know, because I, I, I would always write things down on my Habakkuk 2 list. And I, I remember sharing that with you that day. Habakkuk 2, write the vision, make it plain upon the tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It's all about timing. I told my son this week, son, it's all about God's timing. Amen. And we talked about that last time I was here. I remember talking about it. And I said, you know, I said, write it. But because though it tarries, wait for it, it will surely come. It says in Habakkuk chapter 2. And another translation says it will surely come and it will not be late. He's always right on time. And so I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for a 2020 vision. I wrote it on my Habakkuk 2 list. There were other things on my Habakkuk 2 list that I wrote. One of the things I wrote on there was to be able to spend more time at home. I had no idea what I was saying on that one, amen. And the other one was to be able to reach more people on the internet. Oh, my Lord. That's all we've been able to do, like, for weeks and weeks, you know. We weren't able to even go anywhere. And all of us, I mean, I remember praying. I said, Lord, help me. And I remember praying for the Lord's direction in my life. I, I'll tell you, I learned a word through this pandemic. I've learned a word since last year. I don't even know how to spell it, but I know how to say it. Okay, well, I'll explain that a little bit later on. <laughs> but uh, God has been so good to us, and I'm so thankful for His goodness. I, uh, one of the things, too, that I prayed for was a direction on a, on a record album that I was doing. Let me, let me, I'm not finishing this guitar yet. And uh, I had just written a song the last time I was here. I haven't played this lately. Let's see if I can.
song, that's a song I wrote, uh, and I think I left here and recorded that down in Austin when, after I left here. And uh, Eric Johnson, it was at his studio, and he heard it, and he ended up recording it with me. And it started off as just, a, you know, I have been praying about writing a song on a guitar because, I mean, it's not easy to write an instrumental with no words. How do you do that? And I prayed years ago, and God began to give me a lot of songs. And one of those songs was White Rose for Heidi, which was written after a story about a lady, a little, uh, you know, special uh, autistic woman who came up after church and said, God told me to give this to you. Well, God put that little lady back in our lives. I've told that story here before, but he put her back in our lives after 37 years, 40 years ago last year actually was. It was in 1980. And so she, she has been a part of our lives. And um, so Heidi, the little white rose girl, my daughter, she said, Dad, Sue called the other day, and she says, you haven't written a song for her. You've written a song for everybody in the family but her. She says she's in the family too. I said, well, she's right. And I thought, well, this, I didn't say anything to Heidi, but isn't that strange? I've been praying to write a new song. So it was a day or two later when I had a chance. I was sitting down, and I had, this, and I had a guitar, and that thought came to me, and that song came in about 10 minutes. When she came back around is the name of it, and she came back in our lives. And so I had been praying on my, on my uh, uh, Habakkuk 2 list for direction for an album that I had been working on for over a year. So right after I left here, I recorded that song and with some other things, the old Martin guitar I think that I brought over here that I got back from Roy Clark after 30 years. So I called the album Full Circle. And so God, uh, even in a pandemic year, he, 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 gave, he gave me the answers to my, to my prayers and things that I was asking about. But there's one thing that really kind of bugged me last year. On, on, and you still hear this word, uncertainty. You hear it everywhere in these uncertain times that we live, that we live in. And you'd hear news commentators say it. You'd, you'd hear it on commercials in these uncertain times, you know. Some of my favorite uh, uh, personalities would say it. Uncertainty, you know. And, and I got to think about, well, you know, in, in the life of a Christian, we have a certainty. We don't have to live life feeling this, that things are uncertain every day, right? Because Christ is our, there's a scripture actually that says that Christ, who is our certainty in one translation. And Billy Graham used to preach the certainty of hope. And it's, that is a certainty. Faith is a substance, the certainty of things hoped for. Amen. You could say it like that. So hope is a reality. Hope is real. And hope is why we're sitting here today. Amen. And so uh, another, another idea. This is my pandemic song for you songwriters that are here. And uh, everybody should have one. Most people do because a lot of people have more time to sit down and, and uh, with their instruments, you know, whether it's a keyboard and I've said it here to, to these folks, but they get better every time I come. Your worship team gets better and better. I told myself, I wish I could say that for myself. But uh, anyway, I said, I get older and older, but <laughs> I'm still, still working, thank God, <laughs> by His grace. Thank you, Jesus.
So I was messing around with this little uh, song, this little idea, and I, and I sent it to Eric, on a, uh, Eric Johnson, because he's such a great guitar player. He said, you should do that on your nylon string. Sounds sort of Spanish. Well, I hadn't thought of that, but... So I grabbed this guitar, and I made a new intro, and I thought, you know, the, the Spanish language is one of the most beautiful languages in the world. And uh, I wish I could speak Spanish, but I, that's why the Lord gave us an iPhone, <laughs> translations. And, uh, so I put the certainty, and it came out, and it came out la certeza.
Just turn it on. I don't know if, how I'm going to play this exactly. And I played a little bit in the hotel. And then when I got there, it just, there was such an anointing in that place. And he said, man, I don't know what that was about. But that, that was, this, this is a moment here. And this guy's, you know, he's a all tatted up, you know, kind of a rough guy. That's not just, uh, not a Christian. And, but he just, nothing wrong being tatted up. But I'm just saying, he felt it. There was chill bumps all over his tattoos. And that's a good thing when the Holy Ghost comes in a room. Everyone notices. You can't deny the power of God. You can't. You know, Jesus couldn't deny it either. He couldn't deny. He always knew. He knew who he was. He knew where he was going. 
and he knew what he was going to do when he got there. But in my 2020 vision uh, in 2020, later on as the year progressed, I knew God answered my prayer. You know, if you're walking in the night, you know, you don't need to see very far ahead of you. You don't need to see 20 miles ahead or 100 miles ahead. You just need to see a few feet ahead of you, right? Maybe 20 feet, but that's the way the Lord has allowed me to see. He has still allowed me to have 20-20 vision. He's allowed me to see exactly where I need to go. I know these glasses are kind of ridiculous, aren't they? But uh, anyway, they were cheap, and I like them. So, uh, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory, the perfect day. The perfect day to be prepared. I was on my way to a little church across the Tennessee River. I live in the Tennessee Valley. And I couldn't travel, but I said, y'all having church? And they said, yeah, come on, we'd love to have you. Then when I, he said, we've had no COVID here at all. Then when I got there, he said, I didn't call you this week, Dole, because we had 18 cases in the church and we're closing after this service for two weeks. <laughs> so it's just been that kind of a year, just touch and go. Sometimes you schedule like this, very close, you know. And, uh, but I noticed when I left, it was real dark, you know. No sun at all. Took our little pandemic pup for a walk outside. We got a new dog. And uh, you better carry a light so you can see where you're going in that, or you'd be doing the barnyard shuffle, you know. And so, uh, but, but as, as I was loading my guitars, the sun was coming up, and it was beautiful hues, different oranges and different, you know, colors, and then the blues started showing up. And I'd ride o around the Tennessee Valley before I hit the river, and then you get closer to the river, and then there was a layer of fog there, and you couldn't see that good, then all of a sudden it began to burn away. And then time I got on the other side of the river, and by the time I got to the church, the sun was shining bright. And that's the way it is with us. It's like the light of dawn that shines more and more and brighter and brighter into a perfect day. And that's the way the Lord has allowed us to see where we're going. Amen? So he has answered our prayers. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long this morning, but let me, let me explain my word. Okay? I was praying about things. I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I, I had a, a, the best spring schedule that I'd had in years. I was so proud of it, so thankful. Had guitar festivals. I had a lot of different things that I was doing uh, from uh, Nashville and uh, to all the way up to Seattle. And uh, we had no idea what was going to happen up there. And I had a guitar festival in, in Tacoma, Washington. Then Casey Treats Church, I was scheduled at. And then in Colorado, another festival called Guitar Town, it all canceled. A big church in California, Southern California, 15,000 people, and uh, it canceled on Easter Sunday. I said, Lord, what am I going to do? So God spoke to me, reach out to my church. You reach out to the church and I'll, and I'll reach out to you. I'll take care of you. So I didn't ask for anything. I just said, would you like to have a video? And I had this little cheap camera that makes my guitar look like a banana. You know what I mean? But it sounded good. And so I, I went to a chapel where it really looked beautiful. It was kind of grainy, but it looked nice. And, uh, and they said, yeah, that'll, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. 
And so the next thing you know, we had over 80,000 views on Sunday from churches from Fort Myers, Florida, all the way up to the high desert in California and all in between, even in some Texas churches. Even down here, it was First Baptist Texarkana. And so the Lord used that. And so that's two plus people per view. So that's over about a quarter of a million people we reached that day. Not only that, I did a live feed, a live stream that night right before the tornadoes came through our area. I got home just in time. And I was at the headquarters of the Church of God, which is a mile from my house. And I was there with a general overseer and a few other people doing a, a special Easter thing. And we had 125,000 hits live not included what went on. So we were reaching people. My YouTube thing has gone up. I'm believing God for 10,000 by the summer. We only had a few hundred at this when I was here last year. And so, uh, so the thing, to reach more people through the Internet, God has answered that prayer. And so I'm thankful for that. But what am I going to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And so I'll go upstairs. I usually don't take my coffee with me, but I did this time. Now, I looked up something on the internet or something on our, our computer, but I went to our bedroom, and, I, and uh, I never have coffee up there, but I just, looking out, our, I pulled the drapes, and I could look out, and we have a wall there that's kind of around a, a pool that we have, and it's, it's a kind of a retainer brick wall, and all of a sudden, uh, this little sparrow just flies down and lands on it, and I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, and I'm looking, and he just kind of looks like this. He kind of looks that way. Cute little old guy. And I thought, how sweet is that? And it reminded me of what Jesus said in Luke, and this is in Luke chapter um, 12. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? How much are they worth? Five for two pennies? And yet your heavenly Father has not forgotten even one of them. And then he says, but even the hairs, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be struck with fear or seize with alarm, for you are greater worth. You are of greater worth than many flocks of sparrows. Amen. And I thought of this scripture. And he, he alluded to birds later. He talked about the ravens. Observe and consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They neither have storehouse or barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more worth are you than the birds? But, you know, being a man, being a guy, and the breadwinner, the family, and all that, I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? And I said, well, Lord, even an old preacher told me one time it would take the amount of the uh, entire national debt, whatever that could be these days, and uh, to feed the birds of the world for one day. He said this to me years ago. Yet, God does it. And then he looked at me, and he, but he stuck his finger in my face, but he said, but he never drops the food in their nest. So we still have to work. So I said, God, I know you take care of the birds, and you're going to take care of me, but what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden, a little bird just kind of pecked on something on that wall. And uh, <laughs> I thought, well, what's he got? And it was this long, slender, I thought, oh, it's a worm. And he pecked on it, and then the worm just kind of wiggled. And that little old bird, that thing was as long as he was tall. He pecked on it again. I don't know how he did it. He threw it up in the air, and he opened his little beak, and that whole worm, so help me, the whole thing slid right down his throat. I don't know how he even did it. And he just kind of looked like this. It's like he was smiling. He looked so happy. 
And I'm sitting there, and I, and I, I got tears. I said, God, you're showing me something. And then he just kind of went, now you know where I got that word. And then he just flew away. And by then, I had tears rolling in my face. I said, Lord, I know you're going to take care of me. And he said to me, spoke this into my spirit, yes, not only am I going to provide for you, but I'm going to bless you through this pandemic. And he said, and when it comes, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be different, but it's going to be great. And when it comes, I want you to receive it just as joyfully as that little bird, because you're going to know it's from me. You're going to know. Well, it was a few weeks later. There's a man that I've known for years and, uh, I never ask a thing from him. And when he'd come and go to work, or he'd say, well, let me just ride with you. One time he went all the way up to Halifax, Canada with me. Went up through uh, Detroit, then we flew on up to the uh, uh, northern part of Canada, and then on down, and we did a, a, a men's uh, seminar type thing in Maryland. And he just made a whole round with me, and he still talks about that. And then he'd go on shorter trips with me, but he was a businessman who lived there, and uh, he was playing golf at Pebble Beach one day, and he said, I'm tired of playing golf. And he went to a music store and saw my picture on a Taylor uh, uh, advertisement, and he started reading it. It was a little paper, and he said, Cleveland, Tennessee? Nobody lives in Cleveland, Tennessee but me. And when he came back, he looked me up, and that was in about 1996 or 1997. And we've known each other that long. I've never asked a thing from, from this man. And uh, so he said, Doyle, I want you to come over today. He said, I just wonder how you're doing. I said, I'm doing good. And uh, we had our mask on. He sat way over there. I sat way over here. And this is like right at, not too far into the you know, beginning of this thing. And, and he says, well, he said, you know, I got a little money. He said, my kids got more than me. So they're not, I've already told them they're not getting any of my money because they don't need it. They got more than I have. And he said, and my wife's rich. But he said, I've been successful, and I want to bless you. And he wrote me out a check. And I just sat there. I said, I can't take this. And I've, nobody's ever done anything like this for me. And uh, he said, well, you will because God told me to. I, I, when I'd have a weekend off, sometimes I'd go to his Sunday school class. And the, the youngest one in there was him, and he was in his 80s. And uh, so I just go, he's just been my friend. And uh, so I looked at it and I just cried. And then he said, well, you take it and be joyful. And I went out of the car and I looked at it again. I didn't even call my wife yet. I just looked at it and I took it out of the envelope and he, he doesn't see very good. And he writes huge. And he had this, and I looked at it and I just went, <laughs> amen. Because I knew it was from the Lord. And, and you know, that doesn't happen all. That's never happened to me in my whole life before. But God takes care of us. He knows what you need. He knows what you need when you need it. And he's going to take care of you. In fact, I believe he wants to bless you. God spoke to me a, a few days ago, and he said, I want you to uh, equip yourself. That, I said, Lord, give me a word for this weekend. I, I, was, I was going to Texas, and uh, this is only a couple of weeks ago. And he says, I want, and I said, Lord, give me a word for not only this church, but for this year. And the, the word that just came into my spirit right then was, I was at my daughter's house on my way out here. I dropped off some things and, and it's, and it just, he just said, equipped. 
equipped. And I remember it was a newscast lady, and she had her Bible on her lap, and she says, well, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes there's a time for weeping and a time for joy, you know, and a time, and she went through, and I thought she was prepared. She knew exactly what she was going to do. And on national television, she read the, the Word. And so God is speaking to me. He says, I want you to be equipped because things are going to come to you, and it's, I'm going to open big doors for you, and I want you to be ready for it. And so I began, now equipment may be part of that, but just because you might have equipment doesn't make us equipped, does it? You had to learn to play that guitar before you could go over there and show me all those pedals he had a while ago. I went to a guy's place not long ago. He made guitar straps and banjo straps. I thought, well, I need a banjo strap. You can't hardly find them. And he, I looked, and he lived in my town. It's crazy. I went over there, and he has a rock star house. This guy looks like he's in the mafia. And he's an older guy, and he had a K, and he came out, and he said, Oh, love you. you played at First Baptist at our church. I said, Yes, sir, I did. Now, you go to that church? He said, Yeah. I said, Well, I did. I've, all, I've heard about you, but I, I said, Man, you must make a lot of guitar straps. And he just said, Oh, you know. And uh, so, obviously, I think they owned a textile mill or something as far as family. But he started, and I just took my banjo, and I played a little bit, and I hadn't played the banjo in two or three years. Can I take a video of you doing that? I said, well, I'm not a banjo player. He said, well, I think you are. Can I send it to my son-in-law? And, and I said, well, I don't care. I said, but I've, I know, I've seen pictures of you with your banjos online. He said, yeah, I got some good ones. I got an Earl Scruggs. He signed it. In fact, he says, and I've got an old flathead out of the 30s. Those things start at $130,000, $40,000. Some of those go up to uh, four, 500000 bucks. He said, yeah, I got a couple, three of them. And I said, you got any old white ladies? He said, yeah, I got a white lady, two Fairmont and all this. I said, my Lord, and you don't play? He said, no, I sure like to. So I found out then equipment doesn't always make you equipped. Yeah. Amen. You got to have the right equipment for you. Remember when David was, was going to fight Goliath and they gave him Saul's equipment. He said, I can't use this. And he chose five smooth stones. And he took a slingshot, and with one rock, whack, and it just sunk, it hit him so hard, it sunk into his head. Now, you think a little teenage boy could do that? No. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. We give him what we have, but there's no telling what he can do when we give it to him. Amen. So get equipped. God's going to do something good for you. And when he does, what are you going to say? <laughs> God bless y'all. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.